Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Today is Monday, February 28th, and you are listening to Rocket City Lift. everyone. Welcome back to Rocket City Lift. I'm Tara Bulger. And I'm Brett Goodman. And we come to you three times a week and try to bring a bit of a spiritual lift to your day. Before we get into our text from the Gospel of John, let's begin with prayer. Let us pray. Lord God, you are the light and the darkness. You are hope and despair. In this world where there is much despair amongst nations, amongst people, We ask that we return to you and find hope. We pray this all in your name. Amen. Amen. Our passage today is from the ninth chapter of John's Gospel, verses 1 through 7, and then we'll skip ahead to 18 through 25. As Jesus walked along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned? This man or his parents? that he was born blind. Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned. He was born blind so that God's works might be revealed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When Jesus had said this, he spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva and spread the mud on the man's eyes, saying to him, Go, wash in the pool of Shalom. The man went and washed and came back able to see. Now the Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight and asked him, Is this your son who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered, We know that this is our son, and that he was born blind. But we do not know how it is that now he sees, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews. For the Jews had already agreed that anyone who confessed Jesus to be the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. Therefore, his parents said, He is of age, ask him. So for the second time they called the man who had been blind, and they said to him, Give glory to God. We know that this man, Jesus, is a sinner. He answered, I do not know whether he is a sinner. One thing I do know that though I was blind, now I see. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to God. God. Tara, how are you and what is bringing you joy on this whatever day it is? Yes, so while we're recording this, it's a super gray, super gray day out there. And um, what's bringing me joy? I am taking a trip with one of my daughters in a couple of weeks. And I'm really looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to it because I think everyone who has multiple children, the time you can get with just one of them is pretty special. But also because each of my days will be unstructured. Want to stay in my pajamas all day? (laughs) 
nailed it. I'll be able to do it. Want to take the dog for a walk? Can do that too. So I'm, I'm looking forward to kind of some unstructured time. What about you? You know, I was going to say um, the pastry that I just ate because um, Tara and I just had pastries from a local bakery here in town. But then I was thinking, I'm pretty sure I've answered the last like five times we've asked this question with like some sort of pastry that I've eaten that morning. <laughs> I don't remember like, that, but like, I think like I I know last week was just be honest, man. I know last week was like a donut I found in the kitchen, and then like the week before that, I'm pretty sure it was like a coconut bite. And when you broke in January, I do remember this now. Yeah, you were like yes. carbs, carbs. So pretty much, I guess the only thing that brings me joy in life is pastries, which. <laughs> I guess there, I'm, you know, if there is one thing. Good thing you're scrawny, sir. This could be a real problem. Uh, but to our to our text, the disciples at the beginning uh, are asking these questions in reference to sin. What are they talking about, and how does Jesus respond? So it's interesting because in the time the that this was written, um, and before in Judaism to some extent. Um, when someone had a terrible malady like this, especially from birth, the thought was, A, that their parents had sinned and that this had caused it. Some thought that maybe the child had somehow sinned in the womb and caused this blindness. And so as the disciples are learning from Jesus, they say, Rabbi, teacher, who was it that sinned, the man or his parents, that he was born blind? Um, and so they're asking a question that probably people had asked his family that man's whole life through. Who was the sinner? What, you know, what was the sin that caused this? That may seem like a perfectly antiquated idea, but I actually think we do that now mm -hmm. to some extent. So if someone has a terrible diagnosis, we start asking, well, what did they do or not do? You know what I mean? And certainly there are physical things that contribute but underlying that is some sort of moral judgment, I think, for a lot of people. So I love Jesus's answer, which is neither him or his parents sinned. It, you know, it's not caused by people and their sin. He's very clear about that. And when he says he was born blind so that God's works might be revealed in him, I think that's also a contextual response, meaning that this man was born blind and you're getting ready to see God's works. Not that everyone who is born with a malady exists so that God can be glorified. I don't think God is using people in their maladies in this way. But I think Jesus is saying, this man right here, let, let's just take the question of sin off the table. That's a ridiculous question. Mm -hmm. But you are getting ready to see another sign, another wonder, and that's that I'm going to heal this man. And so I'm going to take his brokenness that everyone has some brokenness, and I'm going to glorify God through it. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Yeah, I, when, when I first read this, I was picturing, and this is really just because of myself uh, and my own personality, but it's funny, I kind of almost read the first sentence like, um, you know when you ask a question when you already know the answer, but you want to seem smart? Like, like I already know the answer to this, but like I'm, I'm asking it 
and I'm asking it because I want to demonstrate that I kind of I'm in on it. I've never done that. You've That's never done that. You've never. <laughs> you've never. So you think the disciples are asking it for that reason? Well, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe. I don't know what the disciples' intention is, um, but I just see that in myself. Of kind of, you know, again, this is kind of the cultural thing of like we know we know it's because of sin, and mm-hmm. so. Uh, that's, that's the underlying point of what they're asking is like, we kind of, we know it's sin and we're demonstrating, we already know that by our question, Ah. but is it the, is it, is it because of the parents or because of them? That is a Uh, cynical, uh, way of... (laughs) I'm, I mean, I'm just I saying. Like I went. It. I went don't to Prin- I went to Princeton Seminary. I don't think there was ever a question asked that didn't have some sort of trace uh, oh, of this goodness. in it. But again, Jesus blows that up completely. Um, he blows up what the presuppositions uh, that people have, and I just think that that is what we see Jesus consistently do uh, with his followers, and then. Somehow, I think that I am not a part of that. <laughs> like, I think that I, I think I'm like, oh well, I'm in on it at this point. Uh, but I think continually I come to Jesus with uh, questions that I think I already know the answer to, um, or understand the underlying theological point, and she just kind of blows that up. Yeah, that's interesting too because they're coming to Jesus with this question that's really going to be a question of theology mm-hmm. and minutia. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Jesus says, let's just do the work Hmm. while there's light in the world. Mm -hmm. I don't care who sinned. Neither of them sinned. Mm -hmm. But I am here and I can heal. And I wonder if when I bring questions like that to God or up in some sort of discussion, that kind of minutia or theological term, I wonder if God is saying, yeah, but who can you heal with your word or deed? Mm -hmm. Um, Who can you care for? Mm -hmm. Um, So that's really interesting. I'll be thinking of that. Um, in that respect. It's, it reminds me of one of my professors who is a church historian um, always always said, you know, uh, theology is a luxury. It's always when society is kind of calmed down, there aren't barbarians invading, that that's when we get into the minutia of, you know, what substance was Jesus of kind of thing. That, that's, yeah. that's, when it, that's when those questions start to come together. And I think that's exactly what's kind of happening is they're trying to, as you said, figure out the theological minutia. Uh, and Jesus is saying, like, we don't have that luxury right now. Like, let's let's embrace the light and heal the person, people that are in front of us. Um, well, just talking to you about it now, I'm realizing that what they said, the disciples say, whose fault is this? Mm-hmm. And Jesus says, the better question is, how can we help? Yeah, 100%. And how many times have I asked the question, whose fault, <laughs> whose is, fault it? is it? Instead of, how can I help? More than I care to admit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, I also love that Jesus uses kind of these elemental things to heal the man, right? It's, it's his own saliva, but it's also like the mud and the muck, Mm -hmm. um, that that's what he uses to heal him. You know, I've, I've actually never thought about it till just hearing you say that of, you know, if, if we think about, um, you know, the, the story of, of, of Adam, of, of being formed from, of humanity being formed from the dust um, that Jesus takes what we are formed from. And then when the spit uh, or the water of the living water touches that dust, it becomes something new, right? It becomes something transformative and healing. Well, it starts with a theological question, Uh but it ends with Jesus making a theological statement Hmm. that the same person who created us out of dust 
can use dust to bring new life. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I think we've got in there. Man, I that was, was not expecting to indeed. go here. <laughs> and next on Friday, when we talk about the scripture again, we'll unpack the second part about how the community around receives this miracle. But for now, let's end with a quote from Soren Kierkegaard, who has written, There are two ways to be fooled. One is to believe what isn't true. The other is to refuse to believe what is true. Thank you all for being with us. We'll be back again on Wednesday. Now may each of you go out to love and to serve, to be well, to care for yourselves and others, knowing that the grace and love of God is ever upon you. Amen. Amen. Thank you.